Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Is there one feeling in New England or do you think, you know, you and your fellow New Englanders are all over the map about how you feel about Tom Brady? I think there's a range of emotions. People here loved Tom Brady until the fateful day he decided to switch to the Buccaneers. I've come to take the temperature of a lot of people in New England. You're still wearing your Tom Brady jersey. Absolutely. Why? Uh, Look, we absolutely love him. We don't forget about the 20 years he gave us. Grateful for, for all of that. What should the crowd at Gillette Stadium do that night when he comes on the field? Give him a golf clap. And then we'll get really happy when he throws a pick six and we're st- we start scoring. A golf clap for, oh, nice six, for six Super Bowls? Well, I hope everyone stands up, gives him a standing ovation, you know, and shows him the respect and the class that he showed everyone else while he was here. I am praying that the Pats win the game. This is the house that Tom Brady built, but he doesn't live here anymore. Peter putting in the work. My goodness. That's impressive. Here's something that caught my attention yesterday. Alex Guerrero, Tom Brady's very close friend, trainer, co-creator of the TB12 method, talking about how things went sideways for the Patriots and Brady. The interesting thing, I think, there, and this is just me, an outsider, sure, looking in, it was like Bill never really, I think his emotions or feelings never evolved with age. I think in time with Tom, as Tom got into his late 30s or early 40s, I think Bill was still trying to treat him like that 20-year-old kid that he drafted. And all the players, I think, realized Tom was different. He's older, so he should be treated differently. And all the players, none of them would have cared that he was treated differently. I think that was such a bill thing he never evolved so you can't treat someone who's in his 40s like they're 20 it doesn't work all right 
Let me tell you something. I don't care what Alex Guerrero says to preface that. He's not an outsider. He's as inside as you can get to Tom Brady without being Tom Brady. Brady talks to him. Brady works out with him. He works on Brady. They train together. He knows what Brady thinks. And, Peter, I'm going to steal preemptively a point that Chris Sims made yesterday, and he'll be making it next week, I guarantee you. But fundamental difference between Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. And this is praise for Aaron Rodgers. When he's got something that's bothering him, he says it directly, not through anybody else. Brady, whether it's his dad, whether it's Guerrero, or whether it's somebody else, he runs and hides and lets someone else be the one to communicate the message. Wouldn't it be nice if Brady would take a page from the Aaron Rodgers playbook and speak for himself? Because we know. We're not stupid, Tommy. We know that's what you think. And Alex Guerrero is one of the few people in the world who's in a position to know what you think. Mike, I'm reminded of two things about this. Number one, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, how many times has he said this? Once, right? Once in a very big way in his mega press conference this year. But didn't he shy away from speaking his truth for 13 years or however many years it was. He, 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 he basically spoke what I thought to be absolutely his truth one time. That, that's, that's how I look at it. Secondly, you know, remember uh, he's, in now, he, but he's, he's been, he's been speaking his truth repeatedly since then, but, but I'll agree with you. There was a point where he was but, reticent, but, but, but that doesn't mean he had people speaking years, on his didn't. behalf. But that, but that doesn't. His dad and his trainer yeah. weren't speaking for him, right? Well, he doesn't have people in his universe who are like Alex Guerrero or like his very, very public dad either. But the other thing I, I'm reminded of is, you know, when when Randy Moss and Dante Stallworth arrived in New England in 2007, before that year, the first team meeting they ever sat in. Uh, to, uh, Bill Belichick puts on tape of the previous year and they lost their last playoff game in, tw- in 2006, I think to Baltimore. And he put film up there and he basically looked at Brady and he goes, Johnny Foxborough could have made a better throw than that. Okay. And Randy Moss and Dante Stahl were saying, Whew, Bill Belichick is saying this about, you know, the best quarterback in football. And my feeling is, yes. He did never evolve. And yes, he treated Brady like that, I think, the whole time he was there. And he did never evolve with that. But I would also just make this point about it. Do you think that if Tom Brady stayed in New England last year, that they would have been, they would have been better than seven and nine? They might have been 10 and six. But would they have been a great team? No. No. The no, Tom no, Brady, no. New England Patriots at the end. You know, when he's thrown to Jacoby Myers, Gunnar Olszewski, you know, dumping it off to James White, that was the offense that was 24th best in the NFL or whatever. Pick a number. It wasn't good. Why did what happened last year happen, both in Tampa and New England? Because Bill Belichick didn't build the kind of offense that he needed to build to have a great team. What did they do this year? They spent more than ever in free agency. They bought the best two tight ends on the market. They bought Nelson Aguilar. 
You know, they, they, they basically bought because they knew that their offense was horse crap. And so <laughs> that's why I understand everything that you're saying. And I get it. Tommy, step up and say something. Don't, don't let other people say it for it. I get it. What does it all matter, really? Does it really matter? Here's what matters. Bill Belichick didn't take care of the offense the last few years of Tom Brady. He expected Brady to lift this team to the greatest heights, basically by himself, and he couldn't do it. I just prefer people who are authentic, people who are direct, people who don't hide behind others to speak on their behalf. And look, we know this is Brady. He said it in his appearance on the shop this summer. 90% of the things he says at a press conference aren't the truth because he doesn't want to expose it and have it ripped apart. But I just think it would be refreshing if he would have that kind of organic personality change that Aaron Rodgers underwent. It may be cathartic for him. It may be helpful for him. Why dance around it? Why use others to get your message out there? It's a one-time thing with Rodgers. It's a one-time thing with Rodgers. Remember, uh, Mike, the last line of my column when I sat with Aaron Rodgers, when I asked him, you know, one day, are we going to read about uh, you and Brian Gutekunst, uh, you know, in a, in a book or, or how, whatever I said? And he paused, he looked out on the field, and he goes, some things are better left unsaid. Yeah. Uh, let's say a couple of things real quickly about the Buccaneers and the Rams getting together. Buccaneers are riding a 10-game winning streak now, dating back to Week 12 of last season. The Rams were the last team they beat before they lost to the Chiefs. Aaron Donald is going to be a huge factor in this, as he always is. Can that offensive line keep Aaron Donald from blowing things up and doing what we know is effective against Tom Brady, bringing that pressure right up the middle, Peter? See, I think that's going to be a great question about this game, which is why, in my opinion, you haven't seen a lot of O.J. Howard, Cameron Brait so far in this game. I think there are three players for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who, if I had them in fantasy football, they would all be active in this game. I mean, look, I don't, uh, that's a dumb thing to say. But there are going to be three players on offense who are all going to have more than 50 yards of offense this Sunday. And this will be a great way to make me look absolutely stupid on, su- on Monday when all of them are <laughs> shut out. We're taking notes. Gio Bernard. We're notes. Gio Bernard leaking out of the backfield, you know, as the third down back that when Brady's under pressure that he dumps the ball to. Gio Bernard, Cameron Brait, O.J. Howard. Those are going to be your mega weapons from, from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at SoFi on Sunday. Howard's still recovering from the torn Achilles he suffered last season. Bruce Arians said this week he is getting healthier and healthier. We will see more of him. And with Antonio Brown on the COVID reserve list, look, some of these guys have been AWOL. Scotty Miller, Peter, zero targets for Scotty Miller in the first two games. He bumps up. Tyler Johnson bumps up. Jalen Darden, the guy they love, the rookie they love. Peter, he's been inactive for the first two games. So you're going to see more of these guys work in, but they have to – keep the middle of that line solid and Brady's going to have to keep doing what he's done what he does better than anybody make the decision before the play even starts get rid of the football and avoid getting dragged down by Aaron Donald and spraining both ankles that's the key look the one thing about this game that I really really like from Tampa Bay's uh, point is that 
there's a reason why Jason Light resigned everybody, the general manager. There's a reason he resigned everybody. And that is because, and there's a reason why they're talking to Richard Sherman. During the course of a 17 game season, you know what, Mike? They're going to need Jalen Darden. I guarantee you, week 13, the headline, week 14, I don't know what week it is, Jalen Darden will be a headline. I guarantee it's going to happen. And you build that depth because you know at one point during this season, you're going to have three receivers down and you're going to have to go to Jalen Darden. It's just like this week. You want to get the ball out fast. You go tight ends, running back. And I, I purposely eliminated Gronk from that because Gronk for Brady has become, you know, he's almost become Cliff Branch. You know, he is a guy who more and more Brady is using as a down. I mean, look, he did it in New England for years. But in Tampa, more and more, Rob Gronkowski is becoming a downfield threat for him. And I'm talking about the shorter, intermediate, and short stuff out of the backfield. That's where I think Brady lives this week. We have got to go. We are way over. That is on us, not on Courtney, the producer. She's been trying to get me to get this thing to break. And so I will, which doesn't belong and why, when PFT Live continues right after this. A very truncated round of which doesn't belong and why. Quarterbacks looking to bounce back from week two struggles. Zach Wilson, Jameis Winston, Joe Burrow, Peter King. Which doesn't belong and why? Jameis Winston, because he's a veteran quarterback who needs, who knows he needs to play better than he played against the Carolina Panthers. He needs to take less of the dumb chances uh, that he's been known for over the years. And I'm sure Sean Payton communicated that to him all week in advance against of going against the New England Patriots. I'm going to go with the low-hanging fruit here and say Zach Wilson because it was only his second career game. And the challenge for him and for the Jets is to get him to learn whatever he needs to learn from what happened against the Patriots, but also move on, forget about it, don't let it define you. Don't let it drag you down. Don't let it make you susceptible to that sense of, oh, whoa, here we go again. Time, oh, oh, here comes another. Here comes another. You got to break that cycle quickly and focus on your growth and development as a quarterback with the Jets. And it may be like Sam Darnold, where as long as he's with the Jets, that's how it's going to be. But we'll find out. Another trio of quarterbacks. MVP stock has gone up for them through the first two weeks of the season. Kyler Murray, Matthew Stafford, Derek Carr, which doesn't belong and why? Kyler Murray, because nobody was calling him a possible MVP before the start of this season. Not many saying that about Derek Carr, but I am the nincompoop who picked Matthew Stafford to be the MVP before <laughs> the start of this season. I just, I did not see anybody anywhere pick Kyler Murray. And I'll tell you one thing, after two weeks, he's definitely in the race. Absolutely. He's got to stay healthy, though. Derek Carr's been the most pleasant surprise. And you see what those odds were before the season, 60 to 1. If you bought a ticket at 60 to 1, you're feeling pretty good. But a long way to go. 15 games left for all of those guys. We'll see how it plays out. Not a long way to go on this Friday edition of PFT Live. Our Show Me Something draft for week three is next, right after this.
Only through 10 weeks? I guess he showed you something in week 10, and that was that. That was last year. And I, I vaguely remember that becoming a thing. Well done. Uh, into week three of 2021, it's show me something time. Peter, I'll give you the first pick, and feel free to take Daniel Jones. I would love to take Daniel Jones, but show me something, a teammate of Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley. Mike, he had a 41-yard run so far this year, and that was marvelous, wonderful uh, in the Thursday night game against Washington. His other 22 carries, 42 yards. And again, I don't want to bring up every 10 minutes that he was the second player in a draft or that Dave Gettleman's future depends on him. Okay, but, you know, truth is truth. Show me something Saquon Barkley this week against the Atlanta Falcons who are surrendering 4.9 yards a carry. If not now, when? Absolutely. And he's got that torn ACL that he suffered more than a year ago. It's kind of slowed him down to start the season. He had the long run last Thursday night, but it's time. It's time for him to step up if he's ever going to fulfill the potential that made him the second overall pick in the draft. Show me something, Matthew Stafford. 12 years toiling in relative anonymity in Detroit. Big performances, but never really big games. This is the biggest regular season game that Matthew Stafford has ever played. Taking on the Buccaneers, Tom Brady, for his first ever game in Los Angeles. PFT power rankings to the extent they mean anything, and they don't. Number one versus number two, the Rams and the Bucks preview potentially the NFC Championship game. This is why Stafford wanted out of Detroit. This is a meaningful, impactful game. This is his chance to show that for the past dozen years, it's been the Lions, not him, Peter. Show me something, Josh Allen. Now, I don't want to jump on Josh Allen too early, but the fact is uh, the NFL right now, there are 34 quarterbacks who have played enough to be ranked in their quarterback rating uh, standings. Josh Allen right now is 29th. Davis Mills is better than he is. Mac Jones is better than he is. And they're not better players. They're not better quarterbacks. But I think this is a very big early season crucible for Josh Allen. Washington comes to Buffalo. You should have tremendous home field advantage in Buffalo. But it wasn't that way in the home opener against Pittsburgh. And they need to start playing the way that Josh Allen played last year. He needs to form that bond again with Stephon Diggs and Cole Beasley. And this is a very big Sunday, in my opinion, for the Buffalo Bills. And it's just as big for their quarterback, Josh Allen. Yeah, I agree with you. Boy, that's a big spread for that game, like seven and a half points over Washington. I think they're going to have a hard time covering. But it's time for the Bills to get back to what they were last year. Show me something Justin Fields. This is what all the Bears fans wanted. This is what he wanted. The opportunity to start. It didn't come the way that we thought it would. Andy Dalton has a knee injury. He's the starter when healthy, or as the case may be, when healthy. But Fields back in Ohio. What a way to start his career. Back in Ohio. He went to Ohio State. There's going to be some conflicted Browns fans, but this is your chance, Justin. Show why you were the 11th pick. Show why you're the franchise quarterback that the Bears fans have been pining for since the days of Sid Luckman. Show me something, Jameis Winston. So Jameis Winston in week one was 
the hero of the NFL. Jameis Winston in week two was classic Jameis Winston. Now, this is a very tough game to go into Foxborough to beat the New England Patriots to basically outthink Bill Belichick at his own game. When Bill Belichick has the puzzle pieces, you know, has the, che- I should say, has the chess pieces on defense to beat you because he has enough, especially on the front seven, to frustrate uh, that running game of the New Orleans Saints and to buzz around Jameis Winston. But if you're going to be the long-term answer for the New Orleans Saints, you have got to be able to get off the canvas. And that canvas was in Charlotte last weekend. You got knocked to the canvas, Jameis Winston. Come off it. Beat the great Belichick in week three in Foxborough. I've got a bunch I could go with here, including Daniel Jones. I won't, I won't go. And Daniel Jones has been very, very good through two games. They should have won the game last Thursday night. We'd feel differently about him if they had. I'm going to go with – I'll take the low-hanging fruit and go with Aaron Rodgers. And we've already talked about it, but it bears repeating. If the Packers are ready, not just to be a team that gets to the NFC Championship game, but gets beyond that level, gets back to the Super Bowl for the first time in 11 years – they got to go to San Francisco and take care of the 49ers. It can't just be we check all the boxes we're supposed to check, but there's always going to be a wall that we run into that we can't bust through, whether it's the Buccaneers in the NFC title game, the 49ers the year before that, these teams that that if we truly are elite, we're going to win some of these games. This is a game they need to win. It's meaningful. It's symbolic. It shows they've made progress since 2019 if they can win this game. And it's all on Aaron Rodgers. And this is one of the things that Sims complains about, and it's accurate. The team is Aaron Rodgers. The team does require him to get it done. And with all the criticism that he has talked way too much about this week multiple occasions complaining about the criticism of those who said he doesn't seem interested and he's not all in well this is your chance to shut up everyone beating the lions doesn't do it beating the 49ers in prime time with everyone watching that's what'll do it peter show me something and this is a little bit far afield mike but show me something matt eberflus The defensive coordinator of the Indianapolis Colts needs to have a great game and a great design in Nashville in a must game, in my opinion, for the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts go to 0-3, and of course, any team can survive 0-3, but with the quarterback situation the way it is in Indianapolis, I, I, I believe this way, Mike. Frank Wright can figure out a way to win a game offensively to put up enough points offensively. I I think Indianapolis is going to score in the 20s in this game. But Matt Eberflus has to figure out a way to take Derrick Henry 120 yards a game in the first two games of the season. Uh, He's got to figure out a way to bottle up Derrick Henry and to build the kind of defensive game plan that will allow Indianapolis to basically save its early season and go to Nashville and escape with a victory Show me something, Matt Eberflus. Give me a great defensive game plan to beat the Tennessee Titans. 
Last one for me very quickly. Show me something, Jacoby Brissett, because if you do, there's a chance that Tua Tonga-Vailoa won't be healthy for multiple weeks and they'll ride a hot hand in Jacoby Brissett. He's had the whole week to get ready for it. He isn't thrust into it like he was last week. If he takes advantage of the opportunity, who knows? Maybe he ends up being the quarterback for weeks to come for the Dolphins. Let's take a break. We'll wrap up this Friday edition of PFT Live right after this. One of the byproducts of the 17-game regular season, it delays everything by a week. It moves the wild card round of the playoffs a week deeper into January, and it allows Peter, the NFL, to take wild card weekend, those six games that we saw last year, three Saturday, three Sunday. Now multiple reports indicate Monday night is indeed in play. Last year, it would have conflicted with the College Football National Championship. This year, it'll be a week after that. So we'll have two games Saturday, or three games Saturday, two games Sunday, one game Monday. But primetime, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. That's a no-brainer for the NFL. Primetime is where the money is. It's where the audience is. And I'll be stunned if they don't take full advantage of that. Mike, everybody's going to say, Oh, my God, it's a huge disadvantage for the winning team on Monday because they have a short week the following week. Well, wait a second. There are going to be four teams that have a short week coming off a bruising and battering season who have to play on Saturday in a short week. How about the benefit of getting two extra days to prepare for your game on Monday? I think it is a gigantic advantage, not a disadvantage. And what they'll absolutely have to do, the winner on that Monday night will have to have a spot the following Sunday. You can't expect them to turn around and play on Saturday. So look for that to happen this year. Look for PFT PM this afternoon. Check us out all weekend long at PFT every weekend. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.